0: Mmm, my zone, no lie And we like to play till the sun go down Yeah, we like to play till the sun go down And we take that down, and we take that down Mmm, my zone, no lie Alright, well, welcome back to another episode of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast presented by Fantrax. For all of our listeners, if you want to head on over to Fantrax.com, You could enter in promo code ESF, and you can get yourself a free premium league upgrade. Definitely check out Fantrax. They've got some very cool, customizable leagues. Um, Before we get into anything else today, I do want to introduce with me by my side, Dale DeMott. How you doing, Dale? Fuck you, Dale! Fuck you! The one and only. Good. How are you doing, man? I'm pretty sure if I type in like how many Dale DeMott's exist in
1: the united states there's got to be more than one yeah well i'm facebook friends with some random dale Demott. uh he's (laughs) in chicago
0: (laughs) so definitely not the uh one and only although i just typed in dale Demott into google and your linkedin picture is the first thing that comes up nice so it's all about business it does not it does not uh suit you no i don't uh yeah i hate my facebook uh, my linkedin picture (laughs) So, today we're going to be continuing our divisional previews. We're going to be talking about the NFC East. But before we get into that, I, we do have a couple little updates we want to let you guys know. We have set a deadline for our Listener League entry. If you want to go ahead and participate in our Listener League, win yourself one of those awesome championship belts from fantasyjocks.com. So, just remember, guys. August 7th is going to be the deadline for the Listener League, so if you do want to submit your entry, let us know why you deserve to be in the Listener League. We'll put you on the list for consideration, and um, we'll have our decisions up shortly after August 7th, but that's the deadline. Yep. Thanks,
1: Dale, for that one word. <laughs> you got it. You got it handled. You know, I, I hate telling people how to do it. Like, I feel like if you're, like, if you're going to go for a job interview and it's a phone interview and they say, "Yeah, come on in and you know, we can talk." Like I feel like the the employer shouldn't like have to give you directions on how to get there. Like that should be like the like you should look it up and you should try to find out yourself. I hate giving people directions on how to do this stuff, but you yeah. just did, so whatever. Dale's
0: a douchebag. So, um, <laughs> I I don't hate that because man, they might not know. Come on. Just, we're a very new podcast. The name of
1: our podcast is Eat Sleep Fantasy. Put a .com at the end of that, and you're going to find out exactly how to do it.
0: And this is why people don't like Dale. Yes, I know. I apologize, guys. Um, all right, so if you want to find us on Twitter and you want to send some angry messages at Dale, where can they find you at Dale?
1: At Dale underscore fantasy.
0: You could find me at C. Burrito fantasy. My name is Christian Brito. I always forget to say that. My name is Jeff. Um, <laughs> and if you want to connect with our podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at EatsleepFF. But that's it for the uh, advertising. Yeah, exactly. Let's just actually get into some of our divisional previews. Divisional previews. All right, so we're talking the NFC East tonight. And let's start with, of course, the winners of division last year in the Washington Redskins. So let's start the NFC East with Mr. You Like That Himself, Kirk Cousins. He had a great end to the last season where he put up, I mean, between weeks 15 and 16, he put up almost 80 points and he won a hell of a lot of people. their fantasy leagues. We're fast forwarding now into the 2016 season. It's finally an off season where he's going to get all the reps. He's, he knows he's going to be the quarterback for the start of the season. Um, we know that Kirk Cousins was pretty damn good last year, threw for over 4,100 yards, uh, 29 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 69% completion rate. To go along with five rushing touchdowns was pretty impressive. Um, so, I mean, you tell me, Dale, why am I kind of worried about him this year? I- I've got some some stuff on him that I
1: don't exactly love, but are you worried about him? Yeah, you know, I am. I mean he was a ninth quarterback, uh, ninth best quarterback last year. I'm just a little scared because I mean, what you mentioned, his explosion late last year skewed his numbers a little bit. Um, on paper, he's a little bit better than in real life. Um, the five rushing touchdowns, I don't think are repeatable. Um, and you know, the 29 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, that's a great ratio as well. So that, I don't think that stuff is repeatable. I don't think Kurt cousins is great. <laughs> um, you got any more info on him? Yeah, man. Um, uh- He had those five rushing
0: touchdowns, even though he only had a total of 48 rushing yards. Like, that just seems pretty ridiculously unsustainable. Um, And listen, he ended the season on a hot streak, but let's just keep in mind that out of his first 13 games, in the first 11, he only had one passing touchdown in each of those 11 games. Um, He also had eight of his games, so half of them, with 220 passing yards or less. I mean, he he had some games that were just clunkers. 170 yards and one touchdown and, and an interception. Like that's not winning you your week. He just got hot at the right time last year. Yep. Um. So he's he's one of those guys. I mean, if you if you can get him as a streamable quarterback, fine. Um. But for a guy who's going right now as the 15th quarterback, that means he's probably gonna get it drafted in a lot of 12 team leagues. Um, he's being drafted ahead of guys like Jameis Winston, Tyrod Taylor, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan. I don't exactly love his value. His upside could be good, but his floor could also be pretty bad.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, all right, so let's let's move on because we want to talk a little bit, I guess, about skill positions here. Um, Matt Jones, <clears throat> the guy at the running back position, he's one of those guys that I just I put my hands up. I don't know how to feel about him. Um, he's going in the middle rounds at running back. Um, he's he's one of those guys nobody really loves. Uh, he's not super talented, but he can probably see himself fall into production in an offense that might be pretty good. I mean, if Kirk Cousins is anything like last year, that offense is going to continue to be very good, actually. Um, so the thing with Matt Jones is he averaged 3.4 yards per carry. That's extremely unremarkable. And yet we saw him average 16 yards per catch which is something very impressive for a running back um so we we've seen both sides be very unremarkable with carries but be you know able to do something in the open field we've we've seen both sides of Matt Jones um and Washington really didn't do anything to bolster up that backfield presence they drafted Keith Keith Marshall all the way in the 7th round um to all you Keith Marshall truthers out there, please calm down because <laughs> I'm seeing it all over Twitter like, oh, Keith Marshall has a chance to take the job from Matt Jones. Matt Jones sucks. That's not going to happen this year.
1: Um, no, it's just because Matt Matt Jones isn't sexy enough. So they're just holding on to the next, you know, the next best, you know, name. Um, yeah.
0: Right. So, I mean, if nothing else happens in the offseason for Washington, and it doesn't seem like it's going to at this point. He's a guy that, while I don't believe he's an uber-talented, is probably being drafted at a pretty good value. And man, I mean, the more I'm talking, I am I think I'm talking myself into moving maybe Matt Jones up, <laughs> even, even with the 3.4 yards per carry, because we've seen running backs that maybe aren't great talents be very useful if they're in good offenses. So, I mean, he's a guy that you can get at a very good spot. <clears throat> I mean, what do you think about him?
1: Yeah, uh where do you have him going at right now, Christian? You're such a dick. I don't have that pulled up. <laughs> I <knew you> <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, hold on. My rankings. Um, let's see. In a standard league, yeah. I have Matt Jones as my 27th running back. So, you guys have him on consensus at 25th and um I mean, to be fair, I think I might actually move him up over a guy like Gio Bernard, yeah. who I think is going to have a good season, but in a standard league, I think I'd probably rather have Matt Jones. Um, I don't really see anybody else I'd much rather have over him. Maybe uh, Matt Jones I'll, or Chris Ivory? I'll I'll take Matt Jones. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I do have it ranked that way right now. There's probably one more guy I'll probably move him ahead of, and that's Amir Abdullah. Mm-hmm. So, I'll probably have him in that you know, 24 25 range. So, back end RB2, uh, first RB3. Yeah. Um, and I think that's pretty fair for
1: him. I do. I, mean, too. I think, I mean, if I, in some mocks, I'm grabbing him as my flex, and I'm happy with that. I love how my team looks having Matt Jones as my RB3 or flex, whatever you want to call it. Um, I mean, listen,
0: he could be terrible again at 3.4 yards for carry again but I think Washington's kind of stuck with him for the year. It seems that way. I I don't necessarily see them throwing out Keith Marshall this season. I think Chris Thompson is going to be very limited into passing downs kind of role running back, and I think it's just going to be Matt Jones' gig for the year, and uh, average draft position right now, he's at 24th running back. Uh, Right ahead of guys like Jay Ajayi, Melvin Gordon, and Amir Abdullah. They're pretty much right in that range where we just talked about him, and I think it's very fair for him to yeah, go there. I do too. I do too. All right. So I'll probably end up moving him up from twenty-seven to about twenty-four by the end of this podcast. But um that that should be right around where he goes. All right, let's let's move on and talk about the uh the wide receivers now. And they've got a p- pretty interesting group of wide receivers, right? They've got Deshaun the Jackson, Pierre Garcon, and they have the newly added Josh Doxon. Um, let's start with, with Deshaun Jackson. I think he's the guy that I would probably feel most comfortable having on my team. Um, despite him having an injury plague. 2015, um, Jackson still probably is going to be the leading target for the Redskins heading into the 2016 season. Um, he didn't see the field until week nine last year. And once he did, he was his usual boom bust kind of receiver um, where he had four games of over twelve and a half fantasy points, and four games of under four and a half fantasy points. That's pretty much. I mean, if I tell you you're gonna draft Deshaun Jackson, you're gonna pencil in this week's good, this week's bad, this week's good, this week's bad. That is what Deshaun Jackson is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but he's a guy that you draft as your you know fourth wide receiver, um third wide receiver if you go wide if running back heavy or you take a you know a quarterback or tight end early in the draft, um. But if he's your third or fourth wide receiver and you plug him in at your flex on weeks, um, he's going to give you good weeks and he's going to give you trash weeks. Uh, if he can stay healthy, I mean, he averaged 9.6 fantasy points per game. That's pretty good. You just keep in mind that that 9.6 is volatile. Um, he's currently right now going as wide receiver number 34, overall 81st pick. Right in front of guys, the guys that are going right behind him are Tyler Lockett, and Kevin White. You think that's a fair group to put him in? Would you rather have Jackson or Lockett, Kevin White, Marvin Jones? Yeah,
1: I'd I take uh, Jackson before all those guys. Um, I mean, you mentioned his nine, nine and a half points um, per game. Um, I think that's I think that's repeatable. He will be boomer bust week to week. I think there's going to be games where he gets a 60-yard bomb touchdown and then games where he gets, you know, one reception for 14 yards. <laughs> um, but I, I think I, I still would take, I think, there's bigger upside for Jackson to score and help your team out than those other guys.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think he's fine where he's being drafted. There's maybe a couple of guys I'd rather have, which are those two that I mentioned, Tyler Lockett and possibly Kevin White. Um, Would you rather have Deshaun Jackson or the guy
1: going right in front of him, Devontae Parker? That's tough. Uh, I think Parker has higher upside. Uh, I, I think I'm going Parker there i would take Parker as well. So
0: then let me give you two more guys going behind him. Would you rather have Deshaun Jackson or Michael Crabtree?
1: Mm, I think I'd put, I'd put Crabtree ahead of him. How about you?
0: Yep. And then one more guy going right around his area uh, Deshaun Jackson or
1: Marvin Jones? That's a tough one. I mean, there's so much hype with Marvin Jones this year. He went from being a sleeper to being a front runner in like three weeks in the offseason. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm starting to become a little bit of a – oh, man, that's tough. Um, I might have Jackson just right ahead of him. Right. So Jackson for me is in that
0: group of guys, Lockett, White, Crabtree, Jones. Yeah. He's in that group. And it's in that group, it's going to come down to your personal preference. Uh, for me, my guys in that group are Tyler Lockett and Marvin Jones. I seem to be drafting them in almost every muck. But if somebody takes Deshaun Jackson because they want that upside and that, you know, high end type of play on certain weeks, I don't have a problem with it.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So I do want to talk about the other wide receivers on the Washington Redskins, Pierre Garçon, Josh Doxon. It's very interesting, right? So we know Deshaun Jackson is the deep threat guy. I I see him retaining that role. However, with the Redskins drafting Josh Jackson at 22nd overall in the first round of the NFL draft, it gives me reason to pause for any value with Pierre Garçon at all. Um, I think he's going to be vying for Garçon's playing time. Um, The interesting thing here is that both Jackson and Garçon are both in contract years, so we have a lot to see when it comes to those two. It's my opinion that Garçon will be continuing to play 2016 in that second wide receiver role, but that Josh Dodson will continue to take time away from him throughout the 2016 season on certain wide receiver sets. I mean, the offense does like Jordan Reed a lot too. He's going to see a ton of targets. So I don't see much value for either Dodson or Garcon in this offense. Um, Come 2017, if you're in some sort of dynasty type league, I think Doc, Josh Dachson is a very nice pick because it's my belief that either uh, Jackson or Garcon, most likely Garcon, will be gone from that offense, and Josh Dachson will come in and be either the one or the two and have a good good amount of value coming into the 2017 season. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think for this year, for 2016, I think it's Deshaun Jackson number one, and I liked how you grouped in Garcon and Dachson here because I think they're going to both. Into each other's numbers um, until one really sets himself apart. I think Josh Doxson probably will towards the end of the season, um, just a little bit younger, faster, a little healthier, probably than Pierre Garcon. So um, I think
0: Garcon's still a talented guy, but I just you know if it's going to come down to who's going to be the most productive guy in the offense, it's probably still going to be Jackson. He's that deep threat guy, and they're probably going to try to air it out at least a couple times a game, throw a few deep bombs, and, you know, he'll come down maybe with one of them every other game. Yeah,
1: I mean, when you were talking about being productive in the offense, I think the guy you're going to talk about next is uh, it's probably going to be the pro-productive pro, pro uh, productive person. I don't know. You know what I'm saying. I don't know.
0: I don't know what you're saying, man.
1: Jordan Reed's going to be awesome. <laughs>
0: All right, so let's talk about Jordan Reed, because that's obviously the next guy we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the tight end position with the Washington Redskins. Um Reed was no doubt a top tight end f- fantasy option last season. Um he led the Redskins in targets with 114. He caught 87 of those for 952 yards and 11 touchdowns. Now, even though last year was the first season that he was fairly healthy, I still think his health is what continues to be a huge issue for him. These are his numbers for his first 3 seasons, Dale. First season, he played 9 games. Not good. Second season, he played 11 games. A A little better, right? (laughs) Last season, his breakout season, he played 14 games, which is, all right, perfect. That's exactly what we would hope for him to do. Um, The plus side, the good side of Jordan Reed is we've seen what he can do when he gets the work and he stays healthy. He is a guy that is a target monster. Um, I'm a guy that if I am going to take a tight end early, it's because they're a target monster. And of the 14 games that Reed played, he had eight or more targets in 10 of them. That's that's a beautiful number. To get 10 out of your 14 games, you're getting eight or more targets. He averaged over eight targets a game. Those are great numbers for a tight end. And if he can just stay healthy, he'll be worth your pick. However, (laughs) that being said, he's being drafted as the, at 38th overall the second tight end um it gives me a lot of hesitation and to be honest I'd probably wait and take a different guy I don't I don't love him where he's being drafted I don't hate him either if he's your guy that's fine but I just don't you know I'd rather avoid the risk
1: yeah I mean I, I think your hangup is probably taking a tight end that early is is that what it's about I, mean, I think so. I mean, I, if, I, I'm
0: if, also not a Gronk in the first round guy, either. Yeah, I, mean, I know if, a lot of people
1: are. If you're going to take a tight end, and you really want a top three tight end, Jordan Reed is, you know, is one of those type type top three guys.
0: Yep. Okay, man. Um, anything else you want to add about Reed?
1: I mean, do you think he'll stay healthy for most of the season? Um, well, I mean, you know, you mentioned it. He's playing more and more every season. I think maybe he's beyond his injury woes. Um, he is a Florida Gator, so he has that going for him. Oh, God. Go Gators. And uh, So is Matt Jones,
0: but he didn't say anything there. <laughs> he's not Jordan Reed. You're not proud of him? <laughs> 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 hey, so is Aaron Hernandez. You proud of him? <laughs> man. I can pick and choose. <laughs> so is Tim Tebow.
1: I, you want to keep going down this list, man? <laughs> hey, you want to get in t- Tim Tebow conversation? We're going to have an hour-long pod. About, uh, about Tim Tebow. I'm happy to do that. No,
0: <laughs> let's please not. So, um, okay. <clears throat> hey, uh, T.Y. Hilton went to FIU. Are you proud of that? <laughs> I am kind of proud of that.
1: FIU, I mean, I went to UF and FIU, by the way. It's just For those of you don't, who don't know, uh, FIU is a small school in Miami-Dade County. It has more students than UF, okay? Yeah, but it's still... Nobody gives a shit about FIU.
0: Okay. That's not nice. That's where my master's degree is from. <laughs> <laughs> and my hey, bachelor's degree. I only degrees. got my associates yeah, yeah. at UF. All right. All Let's right. Let's move on, man. No, I'm stupid. sad now.
1: Um, can we talk about the Eagles? Sure, dude. Thanks. Hey, whoever you want to talk about, go ahead. Yeah, I want to talk about the Eagles. It's it, a lot of pretty interesting uh, pictures here. Um of course, Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Eagles, was actually a quarterback coach for the Eagles a few years ago. Went to Kansas City last year as offensive coordinator, and now is back as a head coach in Philadelphia. Um, starting off with the quarterbacks, we have Sam Bradford. Right now, he's going 33rd uh, among QBs uh, coming off the board. Last year, Bradford was 22nd among QBs in fantasy points. Uh, he had just over 3,700 yards, 19 touchdowns but also 14 interceptions um as far as yards are concerned Bradford threw for the most of his career um but was just one and a half points behind or I'm sorry one and a half points per game behind his highest fantasy production per game um I expect Bradford to finish the year with probably his highest yardage of his career um with Jordan Matthews in there helping him out but still he'll fall short of being a fantasy relevant quarterback um possible uh it's definitely a possible bi-week fill-in for those who you know who have a deep league that you know people are picking up quarterbacks like crazy um and that's only if he doesn't give Carson Wentz the job of course you had a <laughs> did you really have to add that in to fuck me up <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh, sorry for those of you listening um sometimes during the pod i'll send messages to dale on instant message which he's not supposed to get distracted by he's just supposed to read um and i'm here I'm, and i'm typing wow fiu has almost the same acceptance rate and fiu has more students it doesn't matter nobody in this pod cares about the uf and fiu um conversation <laughs> but i'm in the love them both and you know and nobody cares a little bit proud of both <laughs> But you keep bringing up the Florida Gator conversation. Nobody cares, man. They, they haven't been relevant since Tinteville left. <laughs> yeah, just a couple years ago. <laughs> it's not a cup. That was 2009? what nine? Yeah, that's not a couple years ago anymore, man. Give it up. They're the third best program in Florida.
1: <laughs> um. So let's get back to Carson Wentz. Um, of course, you know I was talking about Sam Bradford. Pretty much giving the job to Carson Wentz. Because um, he was, you know, the second overall pick in this year's draft. Um, Carson Wentz is just going a couple spots uh, ahead, or behind um, Sam Bradford. Um, I wouldn't really draft either of these guys. If you want to take a stab at Wentz, you know, around week four, week five, um, just stash and wait for Sam Bradford to implode. You can. Uh, I wouldn't consider touching either of them right now, though. Um, you have any thoughts on Sam Bradford there,
0: Christian? I think. That's a team that the offense as a whole might be a mess this year. And I think you're hitting the head right. Ooh, hitting the nail right on the head. Oh, dude, I don't know the expression. <laughs> hitting the nail on the head? All right, this is what happens when you grow up with, <laughs> with Cuban parents and you don't learn the American idioms properly. Um, so you're hitting the nail right on the head when it comes to Carson Wentz and Sam Bradford. I think Sam Bradford is going to lose his job Yeah, somewhere throughout the season, and I think the Eagles are kind of setting it up for that, and it really sucks, man. Um, instead of just giving Wentz the opportunity to either start from the beginning or set out a full year, I really believe that the Eagles are going to start out poorly, and they're going to throw Wentz in halfway through the year, and it's going to suck for both of them. And the offense is going to be unstable, and it's probably the right, the wrong way to do it.
1: Yeah, and when you know, I I've done a lot of research on the Eagles in the past couple of days, and you know, this offense is really going to live and die off Sam Bradford. It can be really, really good if Sam Bradford is good. If Sam Bradford is not good, this team is going to be horrible because it's going to be um, predicated on Carson Wentz, and of course, a rookie QB coming in the season as a backup. Um, you wouldn't expect him to light it up. Um, so yeah, we're, we're really watching this quarterback play, and uh, I really think the Eagles are going to either be awesome, and I think Sam Bradford could throw for more yards than he ever has in his career, or <laughs> the exact opposite, where <laughs> Sam Bradford's going to be benched, and Carson Wentz is going to suck.
0: He's, he's not a guy I would take, I wouldn't take him in a two-quarterback league. Yeah,
1: yeah. I
0: uh, wouldn't take him in a super flex, I'd rather take a risk on anyone else going around him, to be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I'll kind of get back to that in a little bit. We'll, we'll kind of go through a couple guys and, and I'll get your thoughts on those. Um, but for the running back position, there's really not much to talk about. Ryan Matthews is currently going 56 overall, uh, being drafted around the fifth round, mid fifth round to late fifth round. And, uh, you know, the 22nd running back off the board. Um, now without Murray, I think he'll be a solid running back two or flex play this year, as long as you can say healthy and on the field. Um which he's only done once since two thousand ten by the way he's only played a full season once since two thousand and ten uh, last year he averaged five yards per carry, which is great um, and one hundred and forty six uh, reception yards with seven total touchdowns so um with him taking the full um, the full workload um he could be he could be a viable like i said running back to flex play this year
0: yeah he's he's one of those interesting guys that um like i mentioned before i kind of tend to move him up and then back down and then back up um i don't know what to do with Ryan Matthews yeah yeah I mean... he he had that one season right where we saw him put it all together and be talented and and show us that he can be a top 12 running back if he stays healthy the issue is he's got health issues we've seen him be terribly non productive and not good in offenses so which Ryan Matthews are we gonna get? And that's kind of why I'm kind of maybe hedging my bets with him. He's a starting running back in an offense that'll be probably kind of crappy. Yeah. You know, where I mean, he's going if, is pretty fair. You know he's going right around the Jeremy Langford category. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, if I'm in a I probably won't draft him as my running back too. If he went as somebody's I you know, I wouldn't shrug at that. Um I think that's okay for lineups to be the second running back. Um for me, I'm going more, you know, I'll wait another pick. And get him as my flex, and I'll be happy with him as my flex. I think that's worth. I think that's worth the sac uh, the sacrifice there.
0: Would you rather have Ryan Matthews
1: or Demarco Murray? I have to go. Uh, man, that's tough. I think I'm going Matthews there actually. Okay,
0: I have I have Matthews ranked one spot of, spot ahead of Murray, seventeen, eighteen. Okay, um, and I think I'm going to move Matthews down. Just looking at it, um, I like my offense my my running backs to be in good offenses that's probably the one thing that i look at after talent i think matthews is an okay talent some people tout him as being a great talent i don't think he's a great talent um i think he's an okay pretty good running back in a crappy offense that also has injury problems and should be you know put at that running back 20 type of number because if he stays healthy he'll be productive and he'll be good but i don't i don't know if he can and if he doesn't
1: You know, he'll be whatever. I'll tell you exactly why I have Matthews a little behind Murray. It's because, well, a lot of things really. Um, But Doug Peterson mentioned just a few weeks ago that a running back by committee is possible uh, because the depth that they have. Of course, they just signed Darren Sproles to a contract. And then, you know, they have rookie uh, Wendell Smallwood out of West Virginia who's supposed to be pretty good. Um, So I know it's a lot of coach speak and we can't really rely on that. But just these little nuggets here and there just make me a little uncomfortable. Um, and not to mention Ryan Matthews sprained his ankle in workouts a couple weeks ago. I don't know how he's doing now, but um, he's, uh, he's he's already uh, – it doesn't seem serious, but hey, it's it's on the injury report, so that's never good. Okay. all right, cool. All right. Well, Jordan Matthews is really the guy to talk about when we're talking about the wide receivers here. He's currently going a late fifth round as a 28th wide receiver off the board. Um, I think that's pretty fair for, for a guy like this, a low-end wide receiver too or a strong flex and a PPR is just fine. Um, last year in his sophomore season, he improved from his impressive rookie debut. Uh, he, uh, he improved in targets and receptions, finishing with almost a thousand yards and 85 receptions last year on just 20, 128 targets. Um, Matthews is a clear cut wide receiver to own on the Eagles and it's not even close. Um, I, I expect him to break a thousand yards a season. Uh, last year he had eight touchdowns. I wouldn't be surprised if he replicates that again with eight touchdowns. Um, Last year, he finished as a 19th best wide receiver. Uh, I think that probably slips a little bit just because there's a lot of talent out there at wide receiver now, and he'll probably finish around the 24th, 25th, 26th wide receiver is what I have him projected at. Um, as far as the other wide receivers, I'm not even looking in Nelson Aguilar's direction right now. Uh, he burned me last year. There was so much hype <laughs> around Aguilar last year. Um, I'm not looking he- at him. Ruben Randall. Ruben
0: Randall presents any sort of value?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could be sneaky. Uh, last year uh, with New York, he had 800 yards and eight touchdowns. I know that's playing with Eli Manning and not Sam Bradford or Carson Wentz, but um, he's sneaky. I mean, he has a late pick. If you need some depth at wide receiver, if you went running back heavy and have your bench full of running backs, and you're coming towards the end of your draft, um, Ruben Randall could could be sneaky if uh, if nobody else is you know shine in your way.
0: Man. Do you think you think Jordan Matthews is being undervalued right now, or do you think just the wide receiver position is extremely deep?
1: I think the wide receiver is extremely deep, and I think the quarterback play has a lot to do with his ADP. I think people are scared of Sam Bradford, uh, that's and that's exactly
0: batter. how I feel. I mean, he's had two very solid years, right, where he's just kind of plotted his way into pretty good production. He yeah. is the wide receiver version of Frank Gore to me um, (laughs) where he kind of will get those consistent, pretty decent production and end the year with some nice numbers. I mean, like you said, 997 yards and eight touchdowns. That's nothing to, you know, say this is a bad wide receiver and should be drafted in the thirties. I mean, yeah, he's a guy that I have trouble ranking because I just, I know that he's done it two seasons in a row and he's been, Fairly good, but that quarterback play is yeah. probably going to be try. Yeah, it's it's scary. And there's other guys I'd rather have. Yeah, would like these are the guys going right around his area in ADP. Would you rather have Jordan Matthews or Dante Moncrief? <sighs> I keep giving you these, and you're just like, Ugh, I know, no, well, because
1: of course you <laughs> you say the ones that are right one or two above or below my guys, and they're all they're all tight. Um I'm going with Moncrief there all
0: right I'll give you one that's it seems to be the same kind of situation we either have Jordan Matthews or emmanuel Sanders Jordan Matthews okay let's give you one more um, Jordan Matthews or John Brown John Brown okay you said those pretty quickly
1: yeah all right yeah I, mean, I don't have
0: a problem with that I'd probably take all of those guys over Matthews yeah even Sanders. I think Sanders
1: has been we'll see. he's also one of these
0: guys that's under
1: undervalued. Sanders for. is I mean, yeah, he's undervalued because, uh, for the same reason Jordan Matthews is at the quarterback play. And <laughs> right, we'll we'll see how it pans out in Denver, but um, he has the same problem. And he's the number two wide you know, he's a number two wide receiver there behind Damaris Thomas, so Yeah. That's a problem. That's that's the truth. Okay. Um I guess the last guy to talk about on the Eagles is Zach Ertz. Um you kind of mentioned, you know, when you're talking about uh who's the tight end you were just talking about? I already forgot. Uh, oh, Jordan Reed, of course. Go get it. Um, <laughs> I was gonna let you just try <laughs> to figure it out. <laughs> I'm not gonna help you at all. Of course. Um, you know, talking about his production, you know, and getting better and breaking out. Uh you, we talked about in previous pods, um, you know, the tight end position, not try not to, you know, draft tight end rookies. They're probably not gonna break out their first year um uh, for whatever reason tight ends um maybe we can get an expert in here to talk about the tight end position in depth but um you know it takes him a couple years to break out it seems almost except Gronk Uh, Gronk came right out of the gate swinging um but right now Zach Hurts is going the late eighth early ninth round last year he finished with 75 receptions and only uh, two touchdowns in his third season um he's so athletic uh we have to think that his touchdown rate is going to go up um now you know, like I said, he may you know break out this year and surprise some. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the top t- top eight tight ends this year. If he finishes in the top eight, um, either way, in the ninth round, if you're if you don't have a run if you don't have a tight end by the ninth round, uh, you should seriously be considering him. I think it's a great value that late in the draft. Um, and of course, you know this is again, you know, if you're waiting on tight ends and you're in the you know late eighth ninth round, you still don't have one. Zach Hertz You know, could be surprising and and creep up in the the top eight, nine tight ends in the league. I think Zach is going to be so good at Ertz.
0: Let's move on. Yes. I'm not
1: giving you anything on that. (laughs) Come on, man. You don't think he's going to be good? I'm not. He's going to be better than that joke. Okay. All
0: right. I think that's a good team name. So good at Ertz. I told I told you to move on. Okay, fine. <laughs> the next team we're going to talk about is the New York Football Giants. Right? Yeah.
1: You okay with that? <laughs> do you want me are, to play? Are you disturbed by the Zach
0: Ertz <laughs> joke, man? <laughs> no, I'm just waiting for you to get going. <laughs> fine. All right, so let's talk about the New York Giants, and let's start with quarterback Eli Manning. All right, so he had a very nice 2015 season, threw for over 4,400 yards. 35 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. He finally cut down on those interceptions. He's coming off of one of those pretty good years. I mean, second highest yards he's ever thrown for, highest touchdowns he's ever thrown for, and his highest fantasy points per game he's ever had. Um, He's currently being projected at quarterback 8, and he's being drafted at quarterback 10 off the board. Um, He's never missed a game in his career. He's, you know... Steady Eddie over there. Steady Eli. Um, please stop me from making these terrible Just hang comments. <laughs> That's not funny, man. Come on. Why'd you have to add that? Can you cut with that? A, hang yourself nice. with
1: a joke, not literally hang yourself. Come on.
0: <laughs> Dale. Jesus. Stop. Just stop. All right. So quarterbacks being drafted ahead of Eli right now. Bortles and Brady are the two quarterbacks going in front of him. Um, Brady's going almost two whole rounds ahead of Eli. That's surprising. And after him are Rivers and Romo about a round later. Honestly, um, I think Eli Manning's in for a career year. You've got, you know, a fully healthy at this point. You know, I'll put that in quotations. Odell Beckham. Um, and, you know, he's he seems like he's going to, to take another step forward. He's great. You've got the rookie Sterling Shepard. We've got, hopefully, Victor Cruz can regain something back. You know, he seems to be healthy. Rashad Jennings, he's got a great complement of weapons. Um, You know, not to mention, he's also got a couple of other guys that are are pretty decent in that offense. I mean, you've got Danell and Ty. Um, He's got a lot of weapons. And he's in an offense with Ben McAdoo another year. Um, I think he's just going to continue to improve on those numbers for last year. What do you think about Eli, man? I, I can't believe that he's going not only after Brady, but almost two rounds later. I would much rather have Eli.
1: Look, I, I understand Brady going before Eli, but not two rounds. Um, same round earlier pick. Yeah, I could see that. Um, Eli Manning had the fourth most passing attempts in the league last year. I don't see that changing much. I, they didn't make a lot of changes to their defense. Um, the running game isn't that much improved if if improved at all. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think there's, there's tons of room for improvement. I don't know if Cruz, you mentioned Cruz. I don't know if he's going to be a factor really. I don't know if he's going to be enough to bump up Eli's numbers, but the more and more comfortable he gets with Odell Beckham, um, you know, the the better, the better Eli Manning is going to perform.
0: Yeah. I agree, man. I think, I think he'll be pretty good for where he's going. All right, so let's talk about some of the weapons he's got in that offense. Um, let's start with the running back, Rashad Jennings. He's a, he's a pretty interesting guy. He's going right now running back 34. Um, that's that's actually his uh, his ranking, sorry. He's going ADP, running back number 36, uh, 91 overall. He's coming off of, again, a career year. Um, he finished with the most carries he's ever had in his career, and the number is not even that shocking uh, shockingly high. He had 195 carries. Um, that's the best of his career, and 863 yards that he had off of that, also the highest of his career. The knocks on Jennings coming into 2016 are, one, that he's old, and two, he has a history of being injury prone. He's 31 years old. He's never rushed for 1,000 yards, but He's a running back that can kind of do it all. He's a pretty good pass catcher. He's a pretty good pass blocker. He's, he's a decent in-between-the-tackles runner, but he's old and injury-prone. Now, coming into 2016, the reports out of Giants camp right now is that they're going to try to use a shorter rotation at running back, uh, hopefully not see the same mess that we saw back in 2015 where they're pretty much implementing a different running back every series and they had, you know, combination of Jennings and Orleans Darkwa and Andre Williams and Shane Vereen. And um, it kind of <laughs> it makes me feel like I'll believe it when I see it. But we saw towards the end of last year, they started to give Jennings these carries. And he was very productive towards the end of last year. Like I mentioned, though, Jennings had his career high in carries last year. Um, and if they really do want to use a shorter running back rotation... Um, The reports are they want to give him 15 to 18 carries per game. Um, 195 carries is his career high. And I'll I'll keep saying that because there's a reason for that. He's been injury prone. If those 15 to 18 carries were to be accurate, that would put him well over his career high um, as far as rushing attempts. And my worry is that Jennings isn't going to... It's not that he's not going to be terribly ineffective or that he's going to suck with the carries, but that he might break down and get injured. I mean, this is a 31-year-old running back, and there's a reason he's going so late. Yeah. I don't know if... I think he, he, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think he'll be good until he gets hurt. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I think that's exactly what's going to happen this season. He's going to be very good for six, seven games, and then something's going to happen, and he'll be out for five or six or something like that.
1: Yeah. I don't think that Jennings is good enough to be the lead workhorse back that everybody wants him to be he is the bet you know he is a top running back on the uh on the depth chart um but this is weird to mention too speaking of depth charts i don't know if this is normal this time of year and if it is you can make fun of me and call me an idiot but the giants have nine running backs on their depth chart right now is that yeah that's crazy (laughs) nine
0: (laughs) well i mean they had four in their rotation last year no it's perfectly fine they they haven't um they haven't had to make roster cuts or anything like that, so it's pretty it's pretty normal to see a lot of um, a lot of guys at this time of year. Usually, you'll see seven or eight, nine is a lot. Um, but I know that they, I mean, outside of the four or five guys that I mentioned earlier, they also have the guy that I'm going to talk
1: about now, which is the rookie that they drafted. Wait, b- before we talk about the next guy, like I just want to throw this in: if you're listening and you, the Rashad Jennings has a really, really super cool, interesting, interesting story about his high school playing days. Uh, if you guys look that up somehow, I'll just kind of give you the brief version really quick just because it's super interesting. He was a fifth running back on his high school team. Uh, all four guys behind him got injured in the same game, and he still didn't get to play until the fourth quarter. Um, but check it out. If, if somehow you can dig it up, it's super cool, super interesting story how he got scouts to look at him um, to go to college. Anyways, go ahead. I just thought that was really cool. Check it out.
0: All right. Well, welcome back to Fantasy Uh, Talk. (laughs) So let's talk about the rookie, um, who I think is going to be the guy that's the clear one in line to take the workload should anything happen to Jennings. And that's Paul Perkins. Um, No offense, but Andre Williams is freaking awful. Shane Vereen is a one-roll guy. He's a gadget pass-catching type of guy, and he's not going to do anything outside of that. And I think Rashad Jennings is a very well-rounded back. I, I don't think he's going to lose his role to Paul Perkins. So for me, what Paul Perkins is coming into the 2016 season is a handcuff um, who can ascend to fantasy value should anything happen to Jennings. Um, but I don't think he's anything without that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would be much higher on Paul Perkins if it wasn't for Jennings being healthy in the off season. In the of the time, um, <laughs> If it wasn't
0: for Jennings and his damn health. Yeah, yeah.
1: And they drafted him out of UCLA. I mean, they, you know, the Giants calling him a complete back. Um, you know, they used a fifth-round pick on him. Um, he can easily creep up into the conversation and slowly edge out Jennings uh, for the, the majority role in this offense. And you, you
0: hear fifth-round pick. A fifth-round pick on a running back nowadays is a third-round pick a few years ago. Yeah. So that's that you know paradigm shift has happened already when it comes to drafting running backs so if you hear a fifth round pick that's a pretty good pick for a running back um it's when a lot of teams start looking to draft a running back so if you that's why you you hear if you see a, a first round running back like ezekiel Elliott, it's usually a tremendous talent todd Gurley, it's usually a ridiculous talent that a team is not willing to wait on yeah all right so let's get into some of the wide receivers yeah, in New York. Um, let's start with Odell Beckham, of course. Um, do we really need to say a ton about this guy? I mean, 2015 and the 15 games he played, 96 catches, 1,450 yards, 13 touchdowns. Uh, he's currently the number two wide receiver off the board. Um, I mean, he's in almost everybody's top three at wide receiver, if not top three overall. He's a beast talent. Um, Average 14.9 points per game last year, standard. The only the only knock on him is that, you know, his first two seasons he hasn't yet played a full season. But, you know, he only missed one game last year. I don't think, I don't think the
1: injuries is a huge issue for him. Um, anything you want to add for Odell? No, I mean we we all know how awesome he is. I mean, the one game he missed it was from suspension, so it wasn't even an injury of you know why he missed it. Right, right, right. I do want to yeah, yeah. I do want to add that he had three rushing yards last year. Note that. <laughs> Well, the reason the reason I wanted to add the injury is um,
0: in if you know Sunday morning, anybody that saw the news, um, it was originally reported that he hurt his ankle, um, you know, getting tangled up with Janoris Jenkins. Um, however, you know, reports have already come out from both uh, Adam Schefter as well as Roto Wire um, that it was just that Jenkins' cleat got caught in his ankle. And it was cut and bruised, but no other injury or anything like that. Shouldn't miss any time going forward. That's the reports as of now. So, um, you know, not even really something to monitor. Just, you know, if you hear anything else crop up, then monitor it. Yeah. All right. Where do you have Beckham? One, two, three?
1: Uh, I have Beckham. Oh, I just up... I think I've met three. Um, let, let me double check. Yeah, I have, uh, obviously, Antonio Brown. Um, let's see I have Odell Beckham At three Antonio Brown Julio Jones
0: Okay Yeah same 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 yeah. But different Nobody's gonna know what that's from Alright I need to stop <laughs> Making references That no one's gonna get Somebody's gonna get it Yeah AJ and... hey, Quellen over there Jay Quellen's gonna
1: get it I didn't All right, I, so... I didn't get that so you just alienated oh, like 80%. You don't
0: know what that is? That's... Okay. What is that? All right. That's Key and Pio, man. Oh. The Jake Quellen. Oh. Substitute teacher. Gets all the names wrong.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't remember the character's name on the two-minute It's the very first one that he says. Okay. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> hey,
0: Jake Quellen. Uh, do you mean Jacqueline? <laughs> Guys, I I spend a lot of time on YouTube. <laughs> just... All right. We'll so that. let's talk about Sterling Shepard, uh, the rookie wide receiver. Out of Oklahoma uh, Who's currently wide receiver number 39 um, And ADP is 95th overall um, Every time I check Sterling Shepard's ADP It climbs more And more and more And I'm starting to get a little bit Concerned that if it gets any higher I might be out on Sterling Shepard altogether. Um, ever You know He's going the same group right now as Marvin Jones And um, a couple rounds ahead of guys like um, Marcus Wheaton, Willie Snead, Torrey Smith. I don't know how much faith I play a uh, place on this guy. Um, I think he'll be good, though. You know, you're telling me he's going to be the number two guy in this offense. That's going to pass the ball a ton. Uh, I, I think his floor is fairly high. We saw what Ruben Randall could be last year in this offense, and I think he's a more talented guy than Ruben Randall. Where his value is right now is okay, um, but if he climbs any
1: higher. I think it's going to be a reach. What do you think? Yeah, no, I do. I mean, Ruben Randall, like I said, he had eight touchdowns last year on 800 yards. Um, If Sterling Shepard is any better than Randall and gets gets the same opportunity, he could do more with that. Now, you know, of course, with the internet and Twitter, Sterling Sterling Shepard, not Sterling Sharp, uh, Sterling Shepard. He's he's going from and he's another one of those guys that going from sleeper to overachiever. Um, No, that's not right. Sleeper to better than sleeper, breakout. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I, yeah, I say temper your expectations on Sterling Shepard. Don't don't get on the hype train just yet.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, when I first checked his ADP, it was like 120. Um, and then when we ser- first started doing our previews, and I started to write up on Sterling Shepard, his ADP was 105. And then now, when we're recording, his ADP is 95. That's a guy he's climbing probably a little bit too much. All right, so we'll just quickly touch on a couple of other guys. Um, Victor Cruz, we know he missed the whole last year because um, he tore his preteller tendon in 2014. And then he also suffered a calf strain when he was trying to come back, uh, making matters even worse. Um, do you think, I mean, he's he didn't go on the pup, which is a good sign. Um, he's gone through a couple practices now in training camp. Do you think he can ever come back and be even a part of what he was
1: in the past? No, I don't. And I don't know too much about the injuries, to tell you the truth. But I do know that for him to be a factor, Eli Manning's going to have to throw for like 5,500 yards. <laughs> there's there's just no way that there's going to be enough for Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard and Victor Cruz. I think Victor, Victor Cruz loses out on this deal for sure.
0: Here's, here's the thing about patellar tendon tears. It is the worst injury that an NFL player can suffer as far as, you know, common uh, injuries that happen that will detriment their ability to come back. Um, More so than an ACL, more so than an Achilles tear. The patellar tendon tear is the worst injury, especially, you know, like lower body injury that a player can come back from or try to come back from. And Victor Cruz has already had a season off. Now, if he were to come back healthy, this is an offense that does do a lot of three wide receiver sets, and I think he will have some value. Um, I just think that he'll be slowly eased into the role, and really, it's going to be between him and Dwayne Harris splitting that time there. And you know, he'll just be another target for Eli Manning. I think if he's healthy, it's more for the case for Eli than a case for Victor Cruz. And I, you know, I wish all the guy, the guy, all the best. I, I really want him to get back and see the talent again. Um, I just I think, you know, he's, he's just
1: going to be another receiver. Yeah, and he's going to be the number three wide receiver on a really good passing offense. Um, he might show flashes of, you know, uh, don't draft him. Yeah, you probably don't need to draft him. But
0: if I can see the salsa dance a couple times this year, I'll be happy.
1: You will, and everybody's going to overreact. And then be I'll be very happy
0: just for that, so... <laughs> uh all right, all right. <clears throat> one you know one more position to talk about with the Giants, and that's the tight end position um you know, will Ty last year had the opportunity to step up once Larry Donnell went out with a neck injury um and he was pretty good I mean towards the end of last year, he was a guy that was a you know waiver wire kind of ad guy, and I was kind of excited for him coming into the two thousand and sixteen season, but now it looks like Larry Donnell is gonna be back. Um, he's healthy again coming off that neck injury, and he's actually slotted to be the number one on the depth chart. Um, the The issue with that right now is really they're just going to end up splitting time, and neither one of them is going to be valuable. On top of that, that offense is going to be going through the wide receiver position, probably not the tight ends. So, I mean, they're going to cut into each other, and probably neither one will have value. Yeah. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I was actually surprised to hear Larry Donnell move up the depth chart ahead of Will Ty. Um, I mean, that's where he was originally. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. R- early on, I thought Will Ty might might be able to, uh, to to really show what he has and and be that number one tight end. But
0: I was kind of hoping for that too. I, I I if I had to pick one for you know my personal team, um, real life NFL, I think I would actually go with Will Ty. But they're both pretty good, very big targets, yeah. and you know you'll have a few weeks where those guys have touchdowns, but yeah. you know it'll be. It'll be a situation where neither one will be terribly effective. Right. Fantasy-wise. Right. Yeah, I agree. All right, we got one more team in the NFC East, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. Dale,
1: tell us what we need to know. Yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, let me get situated here. Um, yeah, so I'll start off with the quarterback position. Everybody knows it's Tony Romo's show there, um, and it wasn't necessarily his year last year. Uh, he started the season with 350 yards and three touchdowns against the Giants, pretty much as good as anyone can start the game one. Um, but game two, he broke a bone in his shoulder. He missed seven games, and he tried to come back and play two more games before re-injuring that shoulder. Um, now Tony Romo has been consistently put, been putting up over 21 points per game every year since 2007, so the consistency factor is definitely there. And I expect him to do the same this year. Um, This year he'll most likely end up with, you know, 4,000, 4,100 yards and around 30 touchdowns, which is pretty on par with his average. Um, And he's going off the board eighth or ninth round as a 12th quarterback. Um, Now, personally, I probably would have taken Carr, Dalton, Tyrod Taylor ahead of Romo this year. Um, So you should get pretty good value if you pass on Romo. Let somebody else take him um, and get one of those higher upside guys. What do you think?
0: I think his his, – His upside's fine, right? He's a pretty good quarterback, but we've already seen this injury history where he played four games last year. Um, the last, you know, the two seasons before that, he only, you know, he only missed one game each. But you know, he's a guy that if I can avoid someone that's <laughs> broken two collarbones, uh, you know, shoulder injury, collarbone um, in two se- in one season. If I can avoid that, I probably will because there's other guys who have just as much upside and just as good of a floor who are going, you know, right after him. Why not take them and not have
1: to worry about that injury issue? Right. Now, I mean, he's great value if you can get him as, you know, a bench QB. Um, You know, say, I know this is kind of crazy, but, you know, say you get Tom Brady a little earlier. If you can get Tony Romo as your fill-in late in the draft, you know, if other people are scared of him because of his injuries because – I know a lot of people are, you know, what have you done for me lately? Type people, um, you might be able to get pretty good value on him and go beyond his ADP and get him uh, a little bit later than
0: he has. He has a very nice uh, start to the season. Yeah. If you if it, if we're talking specifically for like the people that are drafting Brady and then you want to follow it up with with Tony Romo, very nice start to the season. Um, starts at home versus the Giants, at the Redskins, at home versus the Bears, and then at the 49ers (laughs) none of those past defenses really scare you maybe the Redskins you know adding Josh Norman but I've already seen several several videos in training camp of him being burned by Pierre Garcon
1: exactly (laughs) and I mean his value I don't think is going to be that high this year coming into the draft just because of you know Des Bryant's injury last year you know he he was riddled with injury uh, on his ankle last year so you know, people are looking at Dez Bryant saying uh, maybe he's not as good as he was or, you know, as good as he should be. Um, Dez is being drafted right now on the first round of most mocks that I'm doing, uh, usually taking 6th or 7th wide receiver. Um, depending on your league and format, I would probably take him at 11th or 12th overall, late, late first round, um, early second. You know, if I have that 11th or 12th pick, maybe, you know, pick up somebody else and, you know, snake around and pick him up in the, you know, early second. Um, he could bounce back nicely. Um you know, not only was he playing with an injury last year, but you know, like I said earlier, he's playing without uh, Tony Romo. Um, I think he's going to bounce back. You know, be a top twelve wide receiver in the league, um, easily thousand yard wide receiver with the upside, possibly to be you know in the top five in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I don't have a problem yeah. with that. Yeah. I think that's yeah. extremely fair. Um, you know, prediction there. I think he's he'll be just fine yeah. as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah. He has he has the talent to be. You know the the top wide receiver in, in the NFL. If, at- he's a he's a touchdown monster. That's the thing about him. In fantasy, I mean, I'll, I know that people often say touchdowns are fluky, but when it go- comes down to guys like Des Bryant, they're they're not fluky. That's his game. You know, that's that's what he's going to be doing. He might not post, you know, eighteen hundred receiving yard type seasons, but he will probably post double digit touchdowns. If if I had to bet on anybody, and I'm not necessarily the biggest Des Bryant fan, but if I had to bet on anybody to get double digit touchdowns in 2016, it would
1: probably be Des Bryant. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the other wide receivers, Terrence Williams and Cole Beasley, are the other guys to talk about, and they're the typical quote unquote other guys in the offense. Um, they're going to have sporadic games where you know one of them blows up, um, but you know try not to overreact. You know they're not going to be consistent. Um, you know, Cole Beasley and Terrence Williams are both fully capable of having big games, just not very consistent. Um, Dez is a man here. There isn't really much in the passing game besides him. Right?
0: Yeah, Williams, we've seen, you know, a couple years ago he had what was probably a breakout season and, and him being decent, right? He's kind of the type of guy that you roll the dice on on a, on a daily fantasy uh, type of play and maybe he has a good game but he's not going to give you a consistent season and he's not going to really be worth anything out more than that I think right
1: I mean if, um, if you have him on your bench and you have some crazy stat that the defense that he's playing against gives up the most you know yardage or the most points to a number two wide receiver maybe um but I'm, I'm not gonna bet on him week to week um the last guy of course is old man Jason Winton it feels like he's been in the league forever um Dating back to 2007, he has been consistent, pretty much as consistent as tight ends come. Um, but over the past three years, his touchdowns, have reduced, um, his touchdowns have reduced over the years and finished last year with only three touchdowns. Um, you could blame a little bit of that on Romo last year. Uh, but even before that, in 2014, he only had five touchdowns. So I think he's definitely on a downswing. He's getting a little bit older, a little bit slower. Um, I'm not sure he's a tight end. Um, you know, that we all loved from a couple years ago. Uh,
0: where would where would you have him slotted as far as tight ends? I mean, would you rather have a guy like Jason Witten who, you know, it will probably be okay, or would you rather have a guy like
1: Zach Miller? Yeah. You know, I'm taking Zach Miller for the upside alone. We know that, you know, okay, say Jason Witten for sure will get four or five touchdowns this year, and that's if he gets better than he was last. So let's pretend that, you know, he's going to get four or five touchdowns. I'm – I'm more of a believer in taking the upside in Zach Miller to do better than that because um, it can't get much worse. Um, you know I, I've Witten around you know sixteenth, fifteenth, or sixteenth tight end this year. Um, and Miller may be around that same same range, but that close, I'm taking Miller over him just for the upside.
0: The thing when it comes to Witten is that there's there's a specific number that I like in tight ends. i I don't love Jason Witten coming into two thousand and sixteen. But he's a guy that always gets 100 targets. Um, it's just going to come down to whether or not he can score. And, I mean, we saw we saw him go 15 straight weeks without scoring. He scored in week one and he scored in week 17. Um, he's, he's not a touchdown guy. Um, but if you're looking for a tight end with a floor, you're just going to plug in every week and he's going to give you five points. That's Jason Witten. Um so it really depends on, you know, if you if you want to swing for the fences with a guy like Zach Miller or Eric Ebron or you know, depending on you know, where you're drafting your side ends. But if you're, you're going for a guy you just want the four or five points every week,
1: and Jason Witten's your guy. You can get at the, you know, end of drafts. I just I'm with you. I'd rather have other guys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean even like Eric Ebron or Dwayne Allen, I'm taking I'm taking a chance on those guys before Witten. Just much higher yeah. upside.
0: Totally totally off subject. Um Eric Ebron uh, I know this is not a divisional preview, but in in future episodes, we need to talk about him a little bit more because he's coming into his third year. He's a guy that I'm 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 rising on a lot uh, because we know that tight ends don't develop in their first or second year typically. Uh, Calvin Johnson leaving that offense, I'm I'm going to continue to move Eric Ebron up because I think the upside with Ebron is is incredibly high. To just see, you know, maybe he sucks. You could just drop him. You get a different guy. But if he's Anything, takes any more of those target shares and gets a little bit more work in the red zone, which, which I think he will do. And he's a third-year tight end who was drafted in the first round. Yeah. I, I think he has a lot of value. Yeah, he does. Um, and I'm, I'm writing down on a piece of paper, move Eric Ebron up. So I can like that.
1: It's just a guy I've
0: been rising more and more yeah, on.
1: Yeah. Um, now, if, if, you, uh, if you're listening to our podcast, you've probably done a little bit of research on your own and probably have come across the name Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Who's that guy? Yeah. <laughs> um, he will be the man in the Dallas backfield. Uh, earlier on, um, you know, Derek McFadden, before he got injured, it was up in the air, you know, who, how exactly Elliott was going to fit in. Um, but, you know, this guy, he showed us, you know, in Ohio State that he's strong. He has quick breakaway speed. He can catch passes. I mean, he is a complete back um, as far as any running back is concerned. And the fact that he's a rookie um, – you know, we just, we don't know what he can do in the NFL. Um, and I know I'm kind of, it sounds like I'm wavering here, but that's the reason I'm not drafting him as early as, you know, a lot of the other guys are in the mocks um, in every single mock. He's going in the top, you know, in top six in the first round. I'm not touching him that early, um, but you know, he's going to get the work. He's going to have a chance to prove himself, prove himself, you know, behind the, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL
0: himself, make him sound like he has multiple personalities or something. Yeah, I mean,
1: there's there's Ezekiel Elliott that can, you know, run the ball. There's Ezekiel Elliott that can catch the ball, the block. So, yeah, there's, he has multiple personalities.
0: He's a he's a talented guy. It all comes down to whether or not you feel comfortable drafting and confiding in a rookie in the first round.
1: There are other running backs on Dallas that will pick up the slack if Elliott falters at all. Darren McFadden, he's nursing the elbow injury, but, um, you know, he can come back and, and take a starting role. He showed us last year. And Alfred Morris, who lit it up a couple years ago in Washington, um, he's viable, especially against a better offensive line in Dallas. He might be able to shine a little bit and you know, show us if Elliott doesn't quite um, get the NFL game now.
0: Yeah. Sorry, Dale. To uh, go back to a point that I've said before, it all comes down to whether or not you feel comfortable trusting a rookie as your first-round pick. I mean, he's going right now eighth overall, the fourth running back. Behind Gurley, Peterson, and David Johnson. Um, that's obviously with the Lev Bell suspension. But if you're telling me if I'd rather have Ezekiel Elliott, who, I mean, he can be amazing, or Lamar Miller, who we've seen be amazing, I'm taking Miller. If you're telling me if I'd rather have Ezekiel Elliott, or, I mean, some people are going to think I'm crazy, but I, I'm i not, Ezekiel Elliott or Devonta Freeman, I'm taking DeVonta Freeman. Like... I, I don't get that. Why take the unproven commodity over the guy we've seen do it? Yeah,
1: I mean, it, I, I can understand, you know, if, if we're talking about a different guy, and we're talking about, you know, using a third or fourth round pick. That's one thing. But when you're talking, you know, when you are when you have a top six pick in the first round and you're using it on somebody who isn't proven that you're kind of just rolling the dice on, I'd much rather take, like you said, Lamar Miller over him just because I know Lamar Miller knows what an NFL defense looks like and has been hit by you know, several NFL offensive linemen at once, or defensive linemen at once. Yeah, defensive linemen. It's not Mark Sanchez who's getting
0: hit by offensive <laughs> linemen. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going for the less risk, um, the less risk player here in the first round.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll be fine. He's going to
1: have a good season. I
0: don't think he's going to be bad. He's not going to be a bust. I will shake
1: my head at the guy who takes Elliott as number three or four overall. I'll, I'll shake my head at, at every in every draft I'm in.
0: I've seen him go number one. I've seen him go number one overall, and I'm just sitting there like, "Por qué? Like, <laughs> why are you doing that?" All
1: right, so.
0: So that's going to pretty much wrap up our divisional preview for the NFC East um, and, you know, wrap up the Cowboys there. I I think that was a pretty awesome episode, right, Dale? Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) It was awesome. Um, You know, I, I want to tell our listeners, you know, we're doing these little previews. We're doing some research. We're hitting the top numbers. We're, you know, hitting the top guys. So you don't have to waste your time researching and digging up stats and numbers and, you know, reading about these head coaches. So you don't have to do all that yourself. You can listen to this. And, you know, 45-minute podcast and know everything you need to know about the Cowboys or Eagles or whatever. Um, so when you're listening to a podcast, just remember that you're really cutting out, you know, an hour of your time later on.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, I just heard Eat Sleep
1: Fantasy, and I hate Ezekiel Elliott, too. Yeah, exactly. Or, or <laughs> hey, I, they told me his numbers, and I decided that Elliott was actually the number one pick. And that's okay, too. Yeah. We're just giving you the numbers. You, you decide for yourself.
0: You know, yeah. Exactly. Wow. I had no idea that guy was so good last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't know why I'm talking in that voice. I'm so sorry. It's
1: really creeping me out. Some now. Somebody listen to us. Sounds just like that.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. That's some, somebody probably sounds just like that. <laughs>
1: um, All right. So this is our outro, and we're going to start playing music pretty soon. You have anything else to say?
0: Uh, please give us a review on iTunes. Five stars. Easily fantasy. Well, you probably already found us if you're listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Well, so no lie, and we like to play till the sun go down. Yeah, we like to play till the sun go down. Then we take that town. Then we take that town.